0: Punkhauser, and uh, I'm your host of Megapologetics, and today we're going to have on a celebrity of sorts. Uh, you guys might know him from his blog Error Theory, Error Theory, but I know him as Alec Rawls, and uh, this guy knows what's happening, as they say in today's youth culture. He has written on, you know, such topical topics as homosexuality, uh, morality, moral values, and um, LBGT, and it all comes, he he comes by his intellect honestly, the man is the son of uh, famed professor John Rawls. No word yet whether he's related to the groovy Lou Rawls, but I'd like to think he is. Mr. Rawls is uh, an author who has written Crescent of Betrayal, a startling expose of radical Islamists' attempt to hijack the 9-11 memorial industry. Also, last but definitely not least, I'm very happy to say that last week also marks the return of Jamie. You might recall that he was my foster child for a short while. He was doing much of the editing work for the show. We had problems, and he he had to go for a while, but but he is back, we're very happy to say, and uh, also hard at work on uh, editing. So thanks, Jamie. In this episode, we will also be debuting quite a few new sponsors, so be sure and uh, purchase any of uh, their products that you find good. Subway, eat fresh. So, with all that being said, uh, now a word from our mini sponsors. This Gatorade tastes really nice. Let me try some of that. You're right, this is much better than the other leading brand. So, Alec Rawls, let me, t- let me tell you a bit about Alec Rawls. I'm referring to his bio over, over at his uh, blog Error Theory.blogspot.com. Uh, and uh, that's a, it's a really good blog. Anyway, uh, he uh, covered the Flight 93 Memorial debacle. It was a debacle. Uh, some Islamo fascist terrorists were t- trying to enter the memorial design contest. From what I understand, which is admittedly very little, and uh, they were trying to make it a crescent the Muslim crescent. Uh, It wasn't even a regular crescent uh, that you or I would see in the sky sometime uh, at night. It was a Muslim crescent. Anyway, uh, he has training. Uh, He is trained as an economist. He was in the PhD program in economics at Stanford, of all places, that bastion of liberalism. Uh, until his research led him more towards moral theory and constitutional law. And at that point, he dropped the program and began working on his own. And uh, I understand that he is still in the process of writing a book on Republicanism for World Ahead Publishing. When he was doing that, he uh, he discovered that the Flight 93 Memorial was going to a terrorist memorial mosque, and so uh, he did his citizenal duty and went to cover that and to prevent that from happening, and he succeeded. But today he's on to talk about uh, uh, gay marriage. See, uh, there's a misunderstanding in this country about uh, gay marriage. Uh, There's this idea that, that it's all about equal rights. And that just is not the case, as Alec Rawls puts it in his treatise, Gay Marriage is Not a Right, posted on Thursday, June 11th, 2009. Uh, In here, and I I quote from him, homosexuals have a right to be tolerated. Well, I take issue with him on that, but for the sake of argument, we'll keep going. So they, they have a right to be tolerated, according to Rawls, but... Social recognition of relationships via the institution of mirage is not the via the institution of marriage is not about tolerance. It is about approval, and nobody has a right to approval. And so he, he kind of builds on that argument there, and that's what happens uh, throughout this episode. So. Sit down, grab yourself a bowl of popcorn or a uh, maybe maybe one of those candied apples. I like those, and uh, and because 'cause you're in for uh, a ride. Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory. They have candy apples. Well, well, let's just. I tell you what. Let's start here. You uh, you know. You said that that you consider yourself a bit of a John Stuart Mill advocate. And when I think of Mill, I think of the, the harm principle, you know, where it's a pretty libertarian way of looking at things. If something doesn't uh, directly harm another person, then it's okay to do. And so I, I what another million might respond to you is, um, you know, homosexual marriage. That... That is something that, that doesn't harm anyone else. So why why would you be opposed to it on those? When
1: you start with your question of aren't all objections to same-sex marriage religious in nature, mm-hmm. there's there's a, s- some simple, straightforward answers. And then the, there's also some in-depth answers if you want to get more into the aspect of the religion of it. It's just how in, in the founding concept of, of natural right mm-hmm. – that they saw natural right as coming from simply thinking straight,
0: straight exactly, and
1: that that was seen in, in their view. We would consider that today to be secular. In their view, that that was their idea of, of what it meant to be a religious Christian was that you were supposed to use your brain to to think clearly as as you know your God given brain enables. Um, and that was their idea of, of of natural right is what you can deduce about what's right. Um, you so say, if you, you want, the, uh, one thing to go a. into there, if you're talking about the distinction between religious and secular, is that it's not a distinction where, where religion is, is, is unreasoned and versus, versus secular, which is reasoned. I mean, the the mm-hmm. traditional view of, of religious understanding is that it is reasoned. Right well why don't we do after. this why don't we why don't we try to get at the issue first so that's kind sure. of a side thing why don't we go ahead and start on that and i'll just i'll just i mean the the short answer is um, that the concern that marriage is about is about uh creating a successful environment for raising children and that that's mm-hmm. everybody's concern and always has been that's mm-hmm. not obviously exclusively religious so um and
0: so we'll, we'll start there actually. So the what,
1: simple answer will allow us to go on and just and talk about the gay marriage s- subject without going too much into other stuff, but at any time if we want to, we can go into other stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, why don't we start with uh, you know th- this idea we'll start with question number two. How's that?
1: Um, by oh, I've li- I, I, no I like, the, I like the idea of starting with one. I think that works okay. good. Okay. we'll just give it we'll just give it that more that, uh, that more direct answer
0: sure and, sure, and- sure, sure, sure so would most people seem to think that uh, all objections to same-sex marriage are religious in nature is that the case
1: uh, no not at all the the foundations of marriage is that that the the mechan- marriage is a mechanism for uh, creating a a successful environment for the raising of children uh, children do much better they they need to be provided for they need to be protected they need parents who are in a, who are strongly committed and uh, this is what the institution of marriage historically achieved and and it's the foundation for the success of of all successful societies that they that they were they channeled the, the human reproductive act into a sphere where where the children that resulted from it could prosper. And that's not an exclusively religious concern. Religious people are, of course, very concerned to take care of, of children. Um, but so, so is everybody. I mean, secular people who don't adhere to any particular re- religion also – are very concerned about uh, the welfare of children, and in fact, it's just—it's just—it's a—it's a trope that the people on the left who always want to expand government—it's always for the children. So, okay. and they are also—that's also the side of our political spectrum that 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 tends to be uh, non-religious. So, uh, so so clearly, this is the 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 basic purpose of religion. What historically it. It came about to achieve, and the reason that it prospered as an institution was that it was successful in in in, uh, in providing for the next generation, so that the societies that had this institution prospered because their their children prospered, and that's how you that's how you prosper as a society. You're there for the next generation. They they're they're, they're expanding and doing well. So, and, and
0: you think that uh, that women? I mean. Do you think that's just because they're better nurturers that that that's why the the male and female marriage has worked historically better?
1: Well, consider what the alternative to marriage is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that that you you have children outside of a committed relationship, and basically the man the man leaves. The man doesn't support his children. Uh, this is, I mean, there's. There's there's one society, one one place in the world where this, this is actually the norm. This is the what in, in Africa you call the uh, the matriarchal uh, standard of the family, um, and uh, the where the the, the women have re- relationships with men and they have children and the the men disappear are are certainly are not there as committed partners in the raising of the children the women are the ones who 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 raise the children they pass on the, they're the ones who pass on the the, uh, the names to the children and uh, so there's there's this and i it's not as successful and you can see it causes tremendous problems and that's also the pattern that's often you know I mean, it's interesting that it clearly it can be overcome by religion. So in this ca- in this country, where blacks have been Christianized, that that's not the pattern. They they're just they they have the same committed relationships as anyone else. But now once once you fall into the welfare state, uh, it seems that uh, black culture in this country has has gone very much the way of Africa, where the men get the they, the boys get the girls pregnant and the girls raise the children by themselves um that just doesn't work very well the the kids have terrible problems they tend not to be successful um so this is it's it it's it's just well established that to have a nurturing environment for two children, you need two committed parents. There's just a lot that children need. They need protection. They need to be provided for. They need to be educated. And two parents can do that much better than one. So really, historically, the alternative to a marriage was the woman having the having the child by herself and not having the help of the man.
0: Yeah, but that model doesn't seem to work that well.
1: Does it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a terrible problem. So, Absolutely. I mean, the issue in protecting marriage is you want to. Well, we used to have marriage laws that forced uh, sexual relations into the marriage relationship. You couldn't legally have sex outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, You're gonna you'd actually go to jail for it, and wow. and in in. Uh, it also used to be traditional that the man couldn't get married unless he could provide for a family. So no man man was not considered eligible or marriageable if he didn't have an income. So not only did you have to get married, but you had to be able to support a family in order to get married. So all this all these things worked to to channel sexual behavior into this situation where you were you were going to be able to provide for the children. As the marriage laws in this country changed and you could now, you can have sex outside of marriage. It's interesting. I was talking to a, uh, to an imam several years ago and he was, he was selling me on Islam. So well, okay, you can marry, you know, three, three women if you want. And then he laughs and he says, but, of course, I mean, you can – in this country, you can have as many women as you want without even marrying them. Uh, yeah. And so it was like the whole thing has was – had just so fallen away from the whole concept of marriage. Uh, Ain't
0: that the truth. Now
1: you can have all the sex outside of marriage. So – um and this is taken by many of, of the people who want to break it down further, remove it, move it further away from its traditional roots. That, oh, well, we've already blown it up. Let's just blow it up all the way. But um, um, if you want to talk about this in terms of what marriage means to society, you recognize that the harm that's been done by allowing sex, sexual behavior to escape these restrictions that marriage had had for for thousands of years put on it
0: well that has to be the context but even if it was awful the consequences of homosexual marriage you know even if it was as bad as what has happened you know in the matriarchal societies aren't we just attacking civil liberties by saying you know hey homosexuals don't you can't get married. Aren't, aren't we infringing on their civil liberties?
1: Um, well, the one argument in, in favor of, of – the, the, the civil liberties argument that's been made legally, as is by uh, Ted Olson and by David uh, Boyce. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who who prosecuted that uh, lawsuit against Proposition 8 in California. Um mm-hmm. Uh, is that this is is a violation of equal protection? They're saying, um, well, since since uh, heterosexuals are able to marry, and we have this provision in the Constitution that there has to be equal protection of the laws, then then homosexuals have to be able to marry. Um, but that's a gross misunderstanding of the concept of equal protection. Um, How so? This is in two ways. There's there's two problems with this argument. One is homosexuals have exactly the same legal rights that heterosexuals do. Everybody what? has a right to marry an, uh, a consenting age adult of the opposite sex. Oh. Uh, nobody has a right to marry somebody of the same sex. but Everybody has the exact same right there. That's what marriage is. If marriage, 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 marriage is, this is what Proposition 8 was about. It was saying, let's remember what the historical definition of marriage is. It's, a, it's this marriage contract, this, this contractual legal commitment between a man and a woman. And anybody can enter into it. Homosexuals are not barred, and of course, very many homosexuals do end up getting married Absolutely. to women. It's a very common phenomenon. So,
0: Wheaties, it's what's for breakfast. Uh,
1: everybody has a right to marriage, which means a, a this legal union between people of the opposite sex, and nobody's de- nobody's debarred from that. the 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 assertion that that somehow heterosexuals are allowed to do something homosexuals aren't allowed to do is just wrong. They're all allowed to do exactly the same thing. They're all allowed to, to engage in this legal contract with someone of the opposite sex.
0: No, I, I think you're, you're spot on here. Um, why do you think people tend to skip over this particular objection that, uh, that you know, homosexuals and heterosexuals, in fact, have the same rights? Why, why do you think people can't, can't get this into their head?
1: Uh well I just think it's it's something that it's a distinction that's easy to elide. It's easy to slide over it and cover it up. And the people who are who are doing this, that's they they have uh they're driven to do that. This is somehow this is a conclusion they want to come to. But no, it doesn't at all follow the law. Uh another another problem with that the equal uh the, uh, the equal treatment under the law approach is – the you have to understand that this – the essence of law is to discriminate. So you can't say that equal tr- treatment under the law, equal protection of the law means that you can't be discriminated against. The essence of the law is to discriminate between allow, allowable behaviors and behaviors that are not going not to be allowed. So – so, okay, if discrimination is the essence of the law what does equal what what does equal protection of the laws mean? It means that uh, the question is how do you how do you achieve if you wanted to state it specifically, let 's say we want to achieve the greatest equal liberty mm
0: mm-hmm. This week in God's America, President John Adams, or was it Dr. Ben Carson, who said, We are more than just flesh and bones. There's a certain spiritual nature and something of the mind. We can't measure. We can't find it. With all our sophisticated equipment, we cannot monitor or define it. And yet, it's there. And that is this week in God's America. What moral theory would you recommend uh, for listeners to look into specifically?
1: Um, well, I would urge them to go ahead and read my, my post on it, on my error theory post. Now, uh, of course, I would also recommend anybody to read Mill. I love Mill, but Mill is famous for having his, his wisdom strewn throughout his different books and the key things all being in different places yes. and not explicitly tied, tied together. Um, so, uh. I think – I'm one of those people who thinks that the, the, the right way to do moral theory is not to go and uh, necessarily and try to you know, figure out exactly you – know, not, not, not to put it – not to pretend that Mill really got all this stuff figured out, but just to go and state it yourself the right way, and that's what I've tried to do on my post. I mean moral theory is just – it's thinking straight about value and it's just it's just the same as any kind of rationality it's just it's it's just that the subject matter is is uh is matters of value instead of matters of fact
0: nike just do it
1: um but in the case of mill it's just strewn all over the place i i definitely recommend anybody to read to read on liberty and yes. um and Mill's uh, essay on Bentham and Coleridge is is a is one of it's just a short thing that's really important. Um, there's also some good. Um, there's a really good little libertarian uh, book. What was the name of that again? I think it's, it's, it's written Trump? by a man named Kelly. Name I have to <laughs> look it up though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that. You might have to get back with me on that one because I've never heard of heard of that.
1: I think it's it might be called a life of one's own. I have, I have to check and see.
0: Okay, okay, we'll definitely get back to me on that. Uh, but uh, just you know, one last sort of you know, building on my last question there. Um, you know, I, I mentioned radical Islam and, and the homosexual agenda. You don't think that the concept in Islam of Takiya might lend itself to something, you know, really sneaky, as you put it, um, about the Islamists, you know, coming in and and promoting something like the homosexual agenda.
1: That seems uh, far fetched to me. In the case of of Obama, yes, maybe. I mean, I I believe that Obama is a racist communist islamo-fascist i mean racist and communist those are those are simple facts i mean he spent his entire pre-electoral career in the employ of alinsky founded organizations and alinsky was the leading american small c communist of the 20th century yes. i mean he just is a communist
0: he was a big uh, he's student. actually a
1: paid professional communist for from for his entire pre-electoral electoral career and that is something that's almost unheard of in this country we just don't have paid professional communists but he actually was one yeah. um and he's a racist he was you know sat there with jeremiah Wright and heard the, all those those racist rants and still calls him his spiritual guide and mentor and of course uh, michelle wrote that that uh that thesis at at princeton was it where she she ranted against integration oh uh, yes these were these were lifelong committed leftist racists uh, and Obama's also uh, I think the evidence points overwhelmingly that he's also an Islamo fascist and that's because uh, not only do we know that he told many many lies about his, his Muslim upbringing I mean it, mm-hmm. at points saying that he was raised Christian and all this stuff that just known to people saying that he never that he didn't pray, he uh, didn't go to mosque didn't pray anybody who lies about islam you immediately suspect that they're orthodox because this is what the orthodoxy (laughs) commands muslims are supposed to lie about their religion um and then you look at all the things that he's done i mean he spent his first four years in office working diligently to put the muslim brotherhood into power in egypt well the muslim brotherhood is al-qaeda this is the parent organization of al-qaeda and i think obama as a kind of a um, this this combination of racist, communist, Islamo-fascist, and anti-colonialist—that's something that uh, uh, Dinesh D'Souza has has documented and focused on. Oh yes. Is that he just has this destructive attitude towards the U.S. and he might well just as he's letting all these dis- this this flood of of these children come across the border, he's he's essentially trying to import a new electorate. He doesn't like the electorate we've got. He wants to get a different one.
0: Megapologetics, Piero Taco Bell.
1: Mm-hmm. It's the inversion of our of our Republican system where the people, you know, the fundamental idea of a republic is the people can always throw the government out. He's the government's trying to throw the people out and get a new a new electorate. Um he's these kids that are coming across with every disease. I mean, we're gonna have public health and nightmares. We're gonna go back into I mean there's already this this Multi, uh, multi-resistant diseases are, are, the, are the next crisis on the horizon. He's just bringing yes, it in in a massive
0: wave. The immigrants, so got, they're just going to make We've it got somebody
1: who, who, who I believe is, is just kind of picking – wherever he has an opportunity to be destructive, he's just letting destruction happen. And I think he would, he might, might think of the homosexual movement that way. Yeah, just one more, one more way that he can just, you know, stick another, stick another knife in, in America's back, and and try to screw the country up and make sure it's weak and stupid and going to going just falling apart. Yeah, um, that I would think. But Obama's is, he's not an ordinary Islamofascist. I mean, he's got these 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 racist and these communist and this this narcissistic just really destructive dimension to them that goes that that's different, it's unique. And I don't think that the that the other Islamo fascists would have those kind of sensibilities.
0: That's a good point. Thank you so much again, Alec, and uh have a great night. Rice the San Francisco treat.